You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. My guest is Mike Smith of Mike Smith Public Affairs. He is on Twitter at SmittyPA. And uh, we are talking here at the 2009 Public Relations Society of America's International Conference in San Diego. And I am pleased to have him with me Eric, at this thank table. You. Thanks, Eric, for having me. So tell me about your experience uh, working um, on advanced press for the Obama presidential campaign. Well, sure. Uh, here at PRSA, we just did a session on Obama and the Citizens Campaign and how citizen journalism and the viral community really advanced this campaign. Uh, I started in August of 07, which was a good 16, 17 months before the election, in a boot camp in New York where we learned a lot about Obama messaging, about his strategy to do communities and to create communities and energize the base of Democrats who had been so disenfranchised for so many years. So I got some training, I guess, uh, from them and then was on the road with Obama in Iowa, Texas, and Virginia uh, doing advance, meaning the event planning and press as a volunteer. I was uh, a person who, as an owner of my own PR firm, could sort of come in and be part of it for a few weeks and then come back out and do my day job. So it was a lot of fun. How does it work? Um, I mean, I, I know standard operating procedure for public relations for announcing a new product, uh, but I don't know how to do it for a political campaign. So what was, what was, how did it work? Walk us through what the basic motions are of going in and canvassing in a various area. Yes. Well, we did canvassing in Iowa, um, going door to door in the zero degrees, uh, putting out door knockers and asking people how they were going to vote when they went to caucus. The uh, deal was, though, for me as a 27-year PR practitioner, I learned that a lot of things I'm doing are wrong. And that uh, when you and I do interviews, we kind of relate to each other. Before we came on the air, we talked a little bit about you know, common experiences we've had. And often when I interview, I try to insert myself a little bit. And the best advice I got is it's not about you. It's about the voter and that uh, life is short and campaigns are even shorter. So there's no time to create this rapport. You just have to hit them and know who they know. Are they part of a union? Are they part of a church? Do they know, you know more people in the neighborhood? Are they the neighborhood association or something? So Obama's team was always looking for how to leverage more scale and how to take those relationships in the field and turn them into a larger block of voters. And I learned that pretty quickly, uh, that there's just no time for the niceties of PR. You have to kind of create the bond, but find out how it can leverage to other voters. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense, but then how would you use that information practically in a campaign? The fact that I know that you're a member of a church, or the fact that I know that you're a labor advocate, how do I then apply that to getting your vote? Absolutely. Well, because we had Democratic rosters, we knew in some ways who they were. Of course, labor unions often go Democratic. But the important thing was if you're the chairman of the, uh, of the carpenters union or the auto workers union, and there were a lot of those in Iowa uh, because they make cabinets and they make cars, we want to make sure you're delivering 50 people to the caucus or 100 and 150 to the polling place. And so we would count on that one person to be our ambassador to the other 150. So instead of having to really make the 150 show up at caucus at a high school gym, you'd rely on the one as your surrogate who would then push out and make sure uh, that, that group delivered. 
And you know, the Obama people in the end are Chicago street fighters. David Axelrod knows how to deliver wards and precincts. Uh, David Plouffe and the other team really were about making sure you canvassed and that you got the proper roles. And was, that, you, was that the Blue State Digital people? Well, they were the ones for the website, absolutely. I see. Uh, Axelrod's a campaign manager, strategist. He's now... Who was Plouffe? Plouffe was the campaign strategist, the overall... He Got ran it. the campaign. Okay. Uh, Axelrod was key, key strategist and came up with a lot of the messaging. Uh, but they're both Chicago guys that really delivered this uh, for Obama. They didn't even think they'd win Iowa. They thought they'd come in second or third to Hillary. But once they did, then the money started pouring in. And I, why is Iowa so important? It's such a good question because here's a state that's you know 98% white and a lot of agriculture, and it's not reflective of the USA. They're very proud of being the first ones, though, to help us select a president every four years. And, you know, they went majority Obama, so you've got to give them a lot of credit for taking that risk and and trying uh, to see how a new change would happen. And I think in the end, yes, we can change and uh, fired up, ready to go became the themes of the Obama campaign that people... Uh, engaged with. They they were resonating. So you engaged the base and you made the electorate feel like it was their idea to bring this guy to the national attention. And indeed they did. But Iowa overall has had that first. Uh, often other states are trying to get the first primary or the first caucus sooner. But I think there's some law that Iowa grandfathered in that they get to be first. Uh, then it's New Hampshire right after that, which again is not uh, indicative of the rest of the United States. Again is not really uh, America, you know, in terms of minorities. It's New Hampshire. So uh, I think they are, are uh, uh, I guess, crucible of how we test candidates. They have to go all over Iowa and attend a lot of uh, chicken fries and corn cob events, and they have to go all over New Hampshire and freeze their butts off in the winter. So, so when you uh, were working on the campaign, you go into Iowa— what do you do? You show up at the airport. Hey, guys, we'll meet up at the local subway. I mean, how does it work? Yeah, well, the Obama team was very good at getting volunteers, as you probably know, hundreds of thousands of volunteers, uh, young people in colleges all over the place. Eighty-five percent of first-time voters went to Obama. So we, after this boot camp I told you about in the New York area in the summer, uh, volunteered to stay involved. And we had field organizers, field coordinators. And my field organizers uh, happened to be guys from Chicago that I knew. And they said, will you come to Iowa? That's the first state. We need you there. You're an experienced press guy. We want you to meet the media, get them to the events, follow the traveling press, go into these union halls and make sure that uh, the press get their best shot. So what I found interesting, too, is they cared more about the Des Moines Register and the Cedar Rapids, Iowa Gazette. They really wanted those publications to be front and center because that's who they were addressing in the electorate, Iowa voters. Yes, of course, CNN had to have front and center camera view because they were the pool camera. But then like BBC or Nikkei or uh, Financial Times that you and I would love to get for a product campaign, they were excluded because they're international press and they don't help Obama get votes. So the way it worked was the field organizers gave us job descriptions, gave us training, brought us into select states, and had us work that uh, precinct or that district. I happened to be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Iowa City. One of the secrets of the campaign was that in Iowa, Obama's team also got college kids to come back from Christmas and Hanukkah break. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in college, I wasn't coming back early from my break. But they engaged the students and said, come back and vote for Obama because you are a registered voter in Iowa City or Des Moines or other locations. So they came back in droves. They came back to the dorms. They came back early and they they came to caucus. 
What about social media? Everyone talks about how Obama used micropayments um, to raise more money over the Internet than uh, than um, uh, McCain raised through conventional channels. How did that translate into the communications public affairs strategy? Well, very good question. In the end, the uh, smaller donor, the microfinancing, really was a part of the grassroots. They used that as message as well. So um, $50 million in one month was an all-time record for fundraising using the Internet. And that $50 million came in $100 contributions from regular folks. Now, Obama originally said he wasn't going to accept any public financing because he didn't think he needed it. But in the end, the matching of our uh, Federal Election Commission, the matching dollars of public financing, is, is too much to ignore. McCain was taking public financing, so Obama did too. But the uh, smaller donors and the folks back home that were sending in checks made Obama's team use that as a PR element to say the populace wants us. You know, it's Granny Smith back in Iowa City who sent me this $100 check. Instead of, it's this giant pack from Halliburton that sent McCain a million-dollar check. Actually, it's 5000 is the limit for PAC contributions, but you get the idea. It was much larger corporate donors on the Republican side. What about Facebook? What about Twitter? I mean, everyone talks about how uh, the presidential campaign used social media effectively. I mean, did they? Well, I think you're right on Facebook, certainly, and on getting fans and getting community together. The Obama, you mentioned Blue States Digital originally. Not everyone knows that was the web company behind it all. Um, They were extremely effective, as was the web team on the Obama campaign, at creating community around ObamaForPresident.com. Um, so they captured their own social media followers and kept community. I'm still getting emails from Barack Obama uh, on health care, on other issues. We're sort of permanently on that list at this point of Obama supporters. And so the outreach was incredible. It was constant. Can you give $100? Will you host a dinner in your home? Are you available to walk a precinct or take a sign to somebody's house? Uh, this was incredible stuff. I don't know that Twitter was as engaged as people might have thought. It was still pretty new, pretty early in 07, early 08. Um, I learned how to tweet from Craig Newmark, my friend, who was our PRSA uh, uh, speaker and keynoter last year. I know, I know you interviewed him, Eric. And uh, so he taught me to tweet, and we tweeted from the campaign Democratic National Committee. Uh, a lot of tweeting going on in Denver because we were all there. All the delegates were there. All the media were there. So tweeting within a community that already is on site is, uh, is an easier thing to do than tweeting nationally when the candidate's on the road. He could be in one city one day and five other cities the next day. And so it would be hard to follow a tweet uh, unless you were actually actively on the bus with that campaign. What were some of the things you learned about how to tweet effectively through Craig Newmark that we might be able to apply ourselves? Well, through Craig, I learned a lot about tweeting about squirrels and birds. Because if you follow Craig Newmark, he follows wildlife, flora and fauna. So that's a little joke. Uh, Craig actually taught me a lot about uh, finding bloggers, retweeting, and engaging uh, others to try to guide them to great articles that we might have seen in the national media. Uh, creating tiny URLs, and just having him as a mentor and a friend during this campaign, I was able to uh, use some of the Craig-like techniques. Craig's all about uh, social media. He's all about engaging and about community. He said, my community rules on Craigslist. And so the reason he went pro-Obama, he's a libertarian. He's not even a Democrat registered. Uh, But the fact that this technology was being used to flatten the vote, flatten democracy, that's where Craig likes to play. Um, There was a Facebook uh, application that was making the rounds recently that 
uh, you could, if you accepted it, it would analyze all your Facebook friends and it would give you a graph of how many were Republican, how many were Democrat. And I've always felt like my political leanings are personal. I've never really been willing to share that information publicly. I know that there are a lot of people in public relations who were, you know, supporting their candidates through Twitter on their personal accounts. And I learned, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a dinosaur, but I learned in PR that, you know, you might want to, things you might want to steer clear of are religion, politics, and sex, sexual preference. And so I wonder, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you disagree? Um, do you worry that maybe if you were to be an outspoken vocal proponent via social media with your personal brand that you may eclipse business opportunities that may be attractive? Or are you, is that something you're just willing to do you know, out of your you know, personal ethics? Well, it's a really good question, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Uh, you can only categorize your friends who are liberal or conservative by how they self-identify on Facebook. So that app is really just doing a search around how people self-identify and then corralling them into groups. Uh, and people use all sorts of funny ideas about spiritual. You know, they, they say no, or they say, uh, you know, learning, trying to find my spirituality. So there may not have been such easy categorizations as we think. Um, on mine, I do identify uh, Irish Catholic, Democrat, uh, and uh, married. And so I'm thinking, I was pretty early on in the Facebook community, I'm thinking there might be some folks out there that aren't sure they want to be with a Kennedy Democrat if they're you know, looking to a more bipartisan point of view when they come to Washington, where I live. In Washington, you have to play both sides of the aisle. You have to be willing to have Republican friends and Democrat, and I do that very well. So self-identifying in that sort of extreme Kennedy Democrat base may not be good for me, and I've been rethinking it lately. Almost everybody I know says liberal or leaning right and then on spiritual, they say yes, or yeah, searching for my spirituality. They don't name it a religion. Very few people do. So I think that others have found a way to, yes, identify in a personal way, but to mask it a little bit so it's more socially acceptable. But you and I know the number one thing at a cocktail party is you don't talk about politics, religion, or sex. And so I think uh, your point's well taken. Uh, how we disclose and when we disclose is a huge issue here at PRSA because uh, corporate communicators have their own accounts, their own Twitter accounts, their own Facebook accounts, and then they're blogging or tweeting for the company. Mark Monso of J&J talks about this a lot. You know, where does my life end and my corporate life begin? And his conclusion is, I'm really on all the time for J&J. You know, people look to me as the spokesman. If they saw something on my personal account that was a little uh, offbeat, they might use that against J&J. So I'm going to make sure I'm on all the time as a PR exec. Well, that takes away a little bit of his personal life and his personal freedoms, but that's the decision he's made. Other people are totally transparent. They let you know everything that's going on in their lives, and then they have a corporate role as well. And uh, I think we're all wrestling with how much disclosure, how much transparency, what's the best thing for me as a person in terms of how I uh, present myself and profile myself on the Internet with these tools. Mike Smith of Mike Smith Public Affairs, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. 
You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. 